0: Good morning, everyone. These readings that we've just gone through first, second, and gospel, I think can best be understood from the perspective of the poet and philosopher, John Bon Jovi. It's my life. It's now or never. I ain't gonna live forever. I ain't gonna live forever. It puts before us that line, it puts before us the fact of death, the fact of death, and these readings put before us the fact of death, and it raises the question for us, as these readings do, what is humanity supposed to do with the fact of death? What is humanity supposed to do, and human persons supposed to do with the fact that everyone dies at some point? Where do I take it? That's what both the woman in the gospel, the hemorrhaging woman, and Jairus, whose daughter is seriously ill and in fact dies in the story, that's what they're both dealing with. The woman with the hemorrhage had been rendered ritually impure by her illness, which meant that she was unable to partake in the public temple worship of the time. That's not because she sinned in some way. She isn't ritually impure because she sinned. That's not what's going on. From the Jewish worldview, this particular type of illness that she had was a manifestation of the power of death. That's what's going on in her illness from a spiritual point of view. Death is manifesting itself, and its power is manifesting itself. From the Jewish worldview, these sorts of manifestations of death were a sort of contagion, almost a pandemic that could be passed around and risked, if it wasn't controlled and isolated and cleansed, it risks being passed around out of control. And so the Old Testament gave divinely sanctioned ways of how to isolate, control, and cleanse this contagion, the manifestation of death. Even though it gave ways to control and isolate and cleanse, it gave no cure for the source of the whole problem which was death itself, separation from God. The woman then, in this situation, death manifesting itself, the fact of death in her life right there, where am I to go with it? The fact that she approaches Jesus with it shows a beautiful faith in him. She actually intentionally thinks Jesus is bigger than the biggest thing in my life right now, death. She who uncontrollably bled for 12 years touched Jesus and he uncontrollably, you could even say effortlessly, overcomes this power in her life, this manifestation of death in her life. Sometimes we think the most powerful are those who do like these great difficult things and exert a lot of effort. No, here's real power to easily, effortlessly, thoughtlessly almost overcome the most powerful thing in humanity's existence, death, the most uncontrollable thing, death. Effortlessly, easily, he overcomes it. When Jesus asks, who touched me? It almost makes his disciples laugh. They almost like mock him for it. They say, who isn't touching you? The crowd is swarming around you. Everyone's in contact with you. Jesus says, no, this touch was different power went out from me. This touch was different. And of course, it was the woman who touched him physically, but touched him with faith. Jairus also approaches Jesus because death is manifesting itself here in his daughter's illness. Jairus himself would have been known as someone who is skilled in both teaching and healing since he was heavily involved in the synagogue. But here, too, Jairus is powerless. His daughter is near death, as the gospel says. Where do I go with that? As for the woman, this powerlessness over death, this powerlessness over death is the environment, is the environment that Jesus' grace thrives. Jesus approaches the home of Jairus. He announces to the crowd who's already mourning because she's passed. He announces the little girl is is sleeping, and again, just like in the story with the woman, he is mocked. The gospel actually says they laughed at him. She's just sleeping. Don't worry about it. I got this. La ha. Who do you think you are? He goes to her bed, and he takes her hand, and he says, Talitha koum. There's only three places in the Gospels, everyone, that we get the original Aramaic. Aramaic is the language that Jesus would have actually spoke on the day-to-day. Most of the Gospel in the New Testament and the entire Bible is written in Greek. But here is one of the three times we get the actual Aramaic. Can you imagine what these words meant and the effect that they had as Jesus spoke them. They were so important. They were so heavy. They were so imprinted in the hearts of the hearers that they stuck with them. And even though they're writing in Greek, no, we got to get the original here as Mark writes the gospel. I have to get the original. I can hear them in my mind still as Jesus spoke to Lethacum. And what that basically means, hey, get up. If you imagine anyone who has kids knows that when your child falls asleep in a long car ride and they're just gently kind of sleeping there and when it's time to wake them up, this sort of like gentle, hey, we're home, get up. That's so easy it is for Jesus as he comes before this, that girl, hey, get up little girl. Death manifesting, where do we go with that? Death seeming to thwart the deepest desires of the human heart for life and joy and rest and relationship. Death seems to thwart all of that. For Jairus and the woman, Jesus, notice what he doesn't do as he comes into their life to deal with this death that they've brought to him. Notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't create for them some sort of material paradise. He doesn't create some sort of material paradise that addresses their every bodily need. And in fact, everyone, presumably both Jairus' daughter and Jairus himself, and the woman who is healed by Jesus, all of them presumably experience physical death still, even after this encounter with Jesus. It's been said before, and I think it's true, that if, all of, if Jesus did address our needs that way if he did create this sort of material paradise that kept our physical health safe only and, and, and gave us every bodily need that we could possibly want or imagine and then we lived there for eternity that place would not be heaven that place would be hell because the human heart needs so much more than that the human heart, what it desires in heaven is to be with God because that's what heaven is, to be with God. And so what Jesus awakens through this act of healing in both Jairus and the woman, what Jesus awakens is energy to avoid spiritual death, that is, to be separated from God. What Jesus awakens in the heart of Jairus and the woman is energy to let nothing come before the joy and the rest and the life that comes from God. Jesus overcomes spiritual death. Jesus overcomes spiritual death, separation from God, that all of us too would have our hearts awaken to that faith and to learn how to enjoy Him and to learn how to rest in Him and to learn how to receive life from Him because that's heaven. As many of you know, this is uh, my final weekend here at St. Mary's, too, so I just want to take the chance uh, to just say a few words. Um, <clears throat> first off, I, I just want to say thank you to all of you. Um, These two years here have gone really fast, and um, certainly, certainly never for a moment did I, I've enjoyed it immensely, and never for a moment did I ever doubt that anyone here, any parishioner here, um, I I never doubted that you supported me and and were encouraging for me and prayed for me, and so I'm grateful that it's just made the experience uh, awesome, awesome. Um, since I I was ordained three years ago, three years ago, and so two of those years have been here. This is the longest place I've served so far. And certainly since I've been ordained, it's felt almost like hand the glove, hand the glove. This really is what God has called me to do. And uh, that's been the case here as well, hand the glove. I've enjoyed it uh, so much. I also wanna say uh, thanks to our good pastor Father Jared Johnson. One of the things I'm gonna miss most uh, about being here at St. Mary's is Father Johnson for his friendship and his leadership. Um, He's been a true friend and mentor to me and he's helped me in so many ways and prepared me uh, to become a pastor myself. And so I'm grateful to him as well. Um, As I go to Bowman too, uh, I mean, there's good news, one, I packed up the Holy Spirit window with all my other stuff and moved it to Bowman yesterday, so that was good. Just getting it's getting fixed. But I also got a call this week from Father Paul, who is their current pastor, and he said, Father Jared, don't worry about it. We doubled the food budget. <laughs> True story. <laughs> and... Uh, and so I have nothing to worry about there, but also I have nothing to worry about because, um, you know, this assignment from the bishop, every time I've received an assignment uh, from him, there's, there's this, been this grace, this certainty that this really is what God is calling me to. This is my mission now. Um, and so that certainly is a source of energy for me, and it's also uh, caused me to be very grateful to the bishop as well, and so I'm thankful and excited to move to Bowman, Rame, and Marmouth, And then finally, I uh, just wanna say I'm excited and grateful that Bishop has sent uh, Father Nick Vetter uh, to be here and be the parochial vicar and the chaplain at St. Mary's Central High School. Father Nick uh, and I overlapped in seminary. He's a good friend. We also spent, we had a lot of windshield time this weekend. We were driving to a friend's ordination, and so we chatted for hours about the assignments here, and and being ordained and all those sorts of things. He was ordained just two weeks ago. And so I'm excited for uh, Father Nick. He's coming here, Uh, he's taking my parking spot, my offices, my bedroom, the whole deal. (laughs) But I'm really glad that he is, uh, because he's a great guy, he's a good man, and I'm excited for you to be able to meet him and and get to know him and welcome him into St. Mary's. Um, And so just with that, to go back to Jairus and the woman Uh, death manifesting itself. Where do we go with that? Not just some sort of physical death, but also spiritual death. Jesus wants to give us energy to avoid that, energy for heaven, energy to enjoy God and to be with him.